Hello and welcome to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the podcast show where I interview the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today, I am really happy to be joined by a very good friend of mine, but also someone who, without making him blush here, is, is genuinely <laughs> someone who has actually really supported me personally um, throughout the various kind of ups and downs of, of business. Um, his, name's, his name is James Millward, and James is the managing director of a business called Eurole. Um, they're owned by a much larger organization called Euroal in, in Europe. Uh, James has had a very interesting career. He's vice chairman of the Provision of Trade Federation, or the PTF for short. He's also the chair of governors for the Whitstone Academy, and he's worked for global leading organizations within the FMCG industry, starting uh, within the world of, uh, of production uh, at, uh, at Unique, through to working as sales director for McCormick, uh, pre being COO for the British Faculty. James, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Leila. I am red now, aren't I? <laughs> and that wasn't just well, the it's... Oh, You're very kind. Very it, kind. It must be. It, well, honestly, <laughs> it's, uh, you're making me blush now, but honestly, you, you're a great guy. You know, I, I've been actually you know, very lucky on a personal note, more personal than I often am on podcasts, is I've been lucky on a personal note to get to know you and, and to get to know your lovely family as well, your lovely That's kids, it. your wife and everything like that. And, you know, you've been one of those kind of salt of the earth guys throughout my my career uh, and uh, you know kind of actually been there to chat to and I think that's actually uh, you know similar interestingly to uh, to to what I've heard through the grapevine when I'm at various events and and and, and such like with, with you and the team as you've kindly invited me um, over the years who said you know James is he's very you know very human very kind of down to earth uh, you know it, it's nice to know that that business leaders are kind of salt of the earth and humble and you can chat to them as opposed to the archetypal almost how do you put it now kind of the the the, the, the um, you know the, the the white ivory towers that I think uh, you know maybe formative business type leaders have sat in uh, but you do kind of you know willing to, to get your hands dirty and get in there and chat to everyone anyway without further ado uh, this podcast is not me talking about you it's talking oh, to okay. you. so 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 tell me and our listeners now for those of us uh, who don't know as much about you as I do how did you come to be where you are today how did uh, how did this cheeky chappy who's in production come to uh, be MD of a, of a cheese business? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the story that I tell students when I go and do talks to, to students as part of Working Options. You know Lauren as well as I do. Lauren's great. I, and I really love, love that. Cause, mm. And that's part of, you know, one of the reasons why I'm chair of governance as well is to add something back. You know, I'm, I'm hugely passionate about the, the development of people and, um, and trying to inspire futures by telling them the things, you know, that great saying, you don't know what you don't know. And that takes me right back to sort of as a, as a 16 year old at school, who was more interested in cricket and cider and music festivals than I was really in knuckling down doing maths, chemistry and biology A-level thinking, well, it's all right, I'll be a professional cricketer. And then you, that realization that you're probably quite, not quite good enough. <laughs> and uh, in spite of what my dad would have told me and, uh, and so when I didn't kind of get the grades that I needed to, to go off and do, to be a vet, which was my fallback from professional cricket, um, which of course 
because I didn't get three A's at A-level. That wasn't going to happen either. Uh, and, and I can remember my tutor at the time, who I hold totally responsible, obviously, because he was my cricket coach as well, who I said, look, there's three certainties in life, and that's, one, you're going to die, right? Two, you're going to need your bins emptying, or three, you're going to need, you're going to need food. And he said, so pick, it, so pick one of those industries. And I thought, well, I don't really fancy being an undertaker or a, or a bin man, so I know I'll go off and... And I'll, and I'll do something to do with food. So off I went, I went to, to uni, did food technology and, and fell into the food industry. Started in manufacturing at a, at a great company called Gerber Foods before going to Yo Valley, and before an opportunity came up at Yo Valley. After, I, I guess I'd probably been there about four or five years. I was running the production site at, at, at Blagden. And, uh, but working weekends and just had a young family, I thought, oh, I'm not sure I wanna be doing this forever i can't see myself or i couldn't see what the future looked like uh, and one thing i talk to kids about now people about now is you know that great book by stephen Covey. i probably read that when i was about 30 with that whole thing about start with the end in mind and thought well hang on a minute where do i want to where do i want to get to and and clearly at that point i thought well it'll be I, you know sales director i'd love to be sales director by the, by the by this point by the way i'd moved into sales as an opportunity came up in sales um with a guy within my network at, at, uh, at Yo Valley, Keith Watts, who was the, the, the chairman and also the sales director at the time. He's going, you're great with people, we're growing, you, you know, you can talk to people, come into sales. And I thought, fantastic, don't have to work the weekends anymore, I can play golf. Not that I'm any good at golf, but I thought that was my motivation. I thought, well, I, it means that I get my weekends back, spend time with my family and I get a company car, brilliant. But it wasn't until probably a couple of years of doing that and I read Stephen Covey's book to say, well, hang on a minute, you know, if, if, if I want to get to be a sales director, how do I, how do I, how do I fill my CV, if you like, and gain, gain those necessary bits of experience that get me to be, to be sales director? So that's what I did. I went on a journey of, of, of learning and managing different accounts. And I worked with some fantastic people. And, and I guess over the years, and again, one of the bits of advice I give kids is about trying to learn something new every day. And whether that even today means, you know, I, I make sure I do it and my kids do it. You know, the first thing they do when they get up is they read the top 10 stories on the BBC. They look at what the pound's doing. And it may sound dull, but it doesn't take long to, to, to try and furnish you with what's going on outside of your world and then how that might impact you in your in your day to day. And equally, and spend a huge amount of time listening to great people, whether that be, you know, I can... I can cast my mind back to probably most jobs that I've had and most people that I've worked with and it, with most of them picked up something that they are genuinely better than I am at. And therefore I will sit there and think, I want to present like uh, James Robinson, or I want to present as well as Justin King, or, you know, or I want to have the, the, the ability to coach and listen people as well as, you know, Chris Burton fantastic people that to me are the benchmark of, of where I aspire to be in each of those individual sort of talents or requirements or, or, or of the role of being a, a GM, a general manager or, or and actually it's not just about general management, it's about you know, any interaction you have with people, whether you're trying to sell to them and when I say sell to them I mean influence them and that's not necessarily selling bread to Tesco's as much as convincing my guy in supply chain to look at a different way of 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 managing trucks and, and getting a better cost for trucks by double stacking or only sending full trucks out and you know just trying to get them to think differently by asking them those questions because that's what made me think differently all through my career is people ask me brilliant questions 
And sometimes you could walk out of those, those meetings thinking, shit, why didn't I think of that? Bloody hell, you know, I'm, I'm crap or whatever. So actually going, no, 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 it, it's made me think in a different way. So the next time I'm much better prepared because I will have thought, and even I do it today, I'll often think now, hang on a minute, before I make this decision, what will Chris have said? Or what would Chris think? And, and you know, other, other people that have inspired and motivated me over my life. And then, you know, taking the opportunities when they came along. And, and, and here I am today, you know, as, as MD of Eurale, which is a fantastic company to work for. Not only the people here, but, but, but my parent company is in France. And the, by the way, it's Later and Uriel. If anyone from Later listens <laughs> to your introduction, I'll get in trouble. But no, no, so Later, the 70% shareholder, Uriel, 30%. Fantastic people, honestly. And, and who, you know, I love food and, and I'm so glad I chose food. Not, not just because of the current situation that we're in, everyone still needs to eat food. And my word, there's, there's challenges that we're having to face today and every day and the future looks very uncertain, but then that's kind of exciting as well. Otherwise, uh, if everything was the same every day, it'd be, it'd be quite boring. Um, but, but hugely, you know, hugely inspired by the people that, that I, I get to work with to the point where it's a real, you know, I enjoy coming to work, genuinely have done. And actually more so, I guess, in the last, in the last six or seven years, but certainly at, at Eurolay, it's, it's fantastic. And then, and then because you're in the right frame of mind, that you're, you're, you've got a great bunch of people, and you're only as good as the people that work for you at the end of the day as well, but a great bunch of people that work for me. Then that enables me to, to free up my mind so that outside of the, 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 the eight to five of Eurolay, I've got time to add value back by either working options, which I don't do as often as, I, as I'd like to really, but certainly being chair of a, you know, one of the biggest secondary schools, challenging secondary school in Somerset. You know, I've been a governor now for well, the best part of 10 years incredible you know not so much so that i can add value back but actually for me it gave me an opportunity to again learn something new i you know work with some incredible people from completely different backgrounds very diverse and think and, and selfishly thinking what can i learn from them that i can bring in, into my nine to five if you like um and again the ptf it's a glorious title it's provision trades brilliant organization charity uh, very insightful again like you and everything you do lately you get to meet people not only from your industry but again from different backgrounds to try and learn and that's to me that's what it's all about and it's, it's trying to learn something new and it doesn't matter how old you are whether you're 16 and just making decisions about school and university or you're 21 and deciding which business to go and work for or a guy we've just interviewed this afternoon for for an internal post in 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 technical uh, he works in supply chain and, and an elp right now but actually try and get to the bottom of of what it is that he really really wants to do and where he sees himself so hopefully steer him on the on the right path you know that's where i get my enjoyment out out of all of those by inspiring people no matter you know whether they're 16 17 18 or they're 30 year olds and at a crossroads in their life thinking well should i be going down technical or what route is for me in in supply chain to me that's what motivates me and gets me out of bed sorry i was a bit of a ramble no <laughs> no, no 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 absolutely absolutely wasn't actually that that was really fascinating i think what you're saying there ultimately is about harnessing talent and it doesn't matter ultimately where that talent comes from whether you are young and aspiring as long as you've got the passion and desire and the willingness to learn um, and again, I agree with you on the fact that we should and always are learning. I think some of the best leaders in the world never, ever, ever stop learning. And it's mm -hmm. almost 
Um, you know, I would worry if I thought, wow, wow, you know, I've learned enough now, that's me done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it absolutely, absolutely isn't. I think, uh, you know, learning, it's a, it's a constant, a constant journey. And, you know, clearly you're, you're passionate about giving opportunities to, to those who are ambitious enough to want to be able to further their career. And, and I'm sure you've, you've learned off, off a number who have given you the opportunity to, uh, to step up to the plate when it's really mattered. Um, but tell us a little bit about the, the individual that, that you speak of at the moment, who you were, you were talking to and, and kind of getting, getting him into to the mind frame of what he actually wanted to do. Because I think when you are younger, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? You know, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, as you said, and you don't know necessarily what you want to do. And, and I think there is an element of Absolutely. pressure, especially on the youth of today, to make decisions about what or who they are going to be when actually life and career, it's a, it's a constantly evolving journey. You're absolutely right. And, 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 you know, it kind of is coupled a little bit with, with working options, that question about working options and why it is that, that, that Lauren and, and Paul set it up was to try and get the very best talent to come and work in the food industry, not a bunch of failed vets who, who thought, well, it's an undertaker of the food industry. I didn't know what I knew when I was 60 or 18, as it was, to go, hang on a minute, the food industry, it's a massive employer. There are literally tens of thousands of really, really exciting jobs, well-paid jobs. And let's not be shy about this. You know, the, the, the reason, you know, I'm not, you know, the reason I wanted to become a sales director or an MD was because, hang on a minute, that's the job that pays the most amount of money. That's going to afford me the lifestyle that A, I want, and B, I can provide for my, for my kids. Harry's in the background there racing. He doesn't race anymore. But that cost me an absolute arm and a leg to get him to be you know, UK junior karting champion. Not, not only at the time, but an amazing time. And I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't turn back the clock and, and do something different, you know, for any money. But, but you know, it, it afforded us the lifestyle that, that, that we want, wanted to lead and do lead now. So, so but, and, and that was it. And that was trying to get to the bottom of this guy who's come out of supply chain. He's 12 years in supply chain. A job's come up as, as the QC manager at, at URLA because of internal promotion. Um, and he's applied for this role and it's like you've got no technical experience you're really 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 bright so we could teach you that it's not a problem but tell me what you really want to do because you know he said he was bored of the job he's doing now great I get that um, he needs to feel inspired difficult to, to, to do more in the in in the function that he sits in right now if you see it just as that function but actually our conversation turned around so well, actually, where do you want to be? Where do you, great, Gary, you want to earn an extra thousand pounds now. Great, where are you going to be in two years' time? And actually, where are you going to be in five years' time? And actually, if you thought about where you're going to be in 15 years' time. So actually, go away and think about where you want to be in 15 years' time. You're bright enough. You're incredibly loyal. Such a nice guy. His motivation is all about his family. So close to my heart, you know, that, okay, I'll help you. But I'm not going to put you in a role. Or if you can have the role if you want. But if you... I genuinely believe that's not the right role for you. And we're better off looking at a different route because you know, A, you're now on my radar and you can, you know, and I'll take the feedback. Actually, why wasn't Gary on my radar before? And I feel a little bit bad about that and thinking, what have I missed here? Because the guy's clearly bright and very motivated and loyal, but he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. So how do we get Gary and the other Gary's in our business to, to think about the things that they don't know. And, you know, I've, I've got no problem in investing in people and training them and, and putting time, money and effort into them, only for them to go and leave in four or five years time because they've got a, 
a much bigger role somewhere else because those opportunities don't exist here. Because they'll always look back on the time that they spent here with such favor and, and compliment. And that's what more can you ask for. And the time that they are here, they will reward you doubly because they will put in the effort, their, you know, their loyalty, their attendance, their attitude is all the right things that you want from people. I certainly don't want to hold people back, but I want to make sure that they are making the right choices, primarily for them, but obviously, of course, for us. Mm-hmm. James, that is just an absolutely brilliant example. Honestly, I, I just love that. I mean, you just kind of articulated perfectly what I genuinely believe uh, leaders uh, should, should be doing more of, because it is, it's that honesty and it's that transparency. And, you know, also just being, you know, crucially, just uh, upfront and honest with people, mm-hmm. really, because it is, as you say, you know, when you when you talk to people properly about these things, um, they they remember in the future. You know, I think those that do kind of get concerned over people leaving and having spent time, money, and effort involved in that, you know, it pays back dividends in in terms of the ecosystem of people speaking well and highly about not only their leaders but the organisations they work for. And ultimately, mm-hmm. the bigger picture is so much greater um, than just uh, you know the immediate one two years of you know, a, a promotion or holding someone back um, because of fear of, uh, of them leaving. Uh, you know, I absolutely agree. And it's a great example as well, kind of upward social mobility. I think, you know, the other thing is, is, is people for whatever reason tiptoe around the subject of money and finances and the fact that, you know, they, they want to earn more money to be able to provide for family. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, with saying that. But, absolutely. you know, whether it is because we as a nation or whether it is just a, a thing that we have uh, in, uh, you know, I guess in the UK where, where sometimes you talk about money and economy it's a bit of an uncomfortable subject but actually uh, being able to climb the rungs and be able to provide for the family uh, and be ambitious and you know potentially have money to, to do and buy nice things you know it's not Absolutely. it's not a you know it's not a thing to 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 be ashamed of and and mm-hmm. certainly you know never has there been a more important time than there is right now to be thinking about actually providing people for people and, and doing the best that we possibly can and you know yeah. financials are, are a very very big part of that um, just one final thing, actually, sorry to say on, on your, your example there is that um, you know, I think listening leaders are, are the ones that, that really do get the most loyalty from their staff. You know, there's a famous quote where people say, uh, you know, people leave, uh, leave bosses, not, not companies. And I think that is so true. When you have a supportive boss, it absolutely makes the world of difference. The things that you would do for someone that you believe in versus not, it is often the, the biggest cause of lost talent. Mm. You have to be careful with that, though, and I, I, I agree. But you know, you you can't be guilty of holding people back either. So you know, you 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 know, I've got. I I could probably I'm not going to, but I could list at least at least six people here. And bearing in mind we're we're a business, you know, this time of year we're only a hundred people, but I've got you know at least six people here. Are phenomenal talent, phenomenal talent, world class talent, and and you know, and I don't want to hold them back. And actually, you know, you know, I you take. Take, take people who might right now have the title of, say, finance director. A great example of here's somebody who's spent a career in finance, but now because of the nature of our business uh, and the inclusivity and, and the involvement we like getting as a, as a team, certainly as a, a team of leaders, is now this guy has the capability in the future to be easily an MDGM and not just, and that's opened up his mind, but you don't want to keep him here forever. Because actually, he's got the potential that really, in in two to three years' time, he should be thinking of much bigger things. Now, if we can keep him within the group, perfect. You, you, you know, that'd be a great example. Um, but reality is, if he didn't and he went off somewhere else, great. 
okay, so I know that's potentially going to happen. And in fact, I want that to happen. So who's going to be in the next FD? So how are we managing that succession? So the people you get in at that position under underneath or his, you know, who's his protege? How can we develop and train that person so that actually this loyal person that you've created who's now capable of much bigger and better things won't feel guilty about leaving either because they fulfilled part of their role is, okay, I've created my own succession. Mm-hmm. And again, to foster, and it's, and it's quite a difficult thing to talk about, you know, with individuals because it's not, it's not really a taboo thing to be, so it is a bit of a taboo thing to be thinking. Oh, it's definitely I'm, not talked I'm, about. People yeah, I'm planning on leaving in three years. Yeah. I <laughs> encourage it, but I encourage it and say, look, you, you're going to be bored. I'm not, you're not going to learn anything else here in two, three years time, you know, therefore all oh, small stuff, but not things that are going to transform you, your life or whatever. Now, equally, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere and so beautiful middle of nowhere, but it's beautiful. And that's the compromise, isn't it? You could go and earn a lot more money going to living M4, Slough, Windsor, you know, West London, or you can be 40 minutes to uh, Bridport and some of the most beautiful coastline in, 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 in England. We are a mile from Glastonbury Festival, which might not be everyone's cup of tea, my cup of tea, right? Some of the best golf courses. Definite so selling Definite Do you know what I mean? And it's about, when you get to that point, you go, well, hang on a minute, work-life balance. You know, you can get a lot of, you can get a lot of house for your money in Somerset because we're a rural, uh, you know, a rural part of the world. So it's about, you know, do you chase the dollar or do you think, hang on a minute, at some point I've reached a point where I'm comfortable with what I can provide my family and I have a fantastic work, work-life balance. And so maybe that be, you know, might be, maybe that's the, the, the route some of these people want to go and they don't leave. But oh, well, that's fine. But you shouldn't hold back talent for your own, for your own <laughs> ulterior <laughs> motives, if you like. For me, I want to develop those individuals so they can go off and do much bigger, better things. And, and, and continue the legacy, hopefully, because they'll, they'll appreciate, not the legacy, that sounds, that sounds really arrogant. The, the learning of, I really benefited from that by spending a lot of time with some fantastic people who invested in me. I'm trying to do the same with, with people that work here or, you know, with, you know, being chair of governors or doing work in options or even, you know, your own kids. You try and set that right example so that they too will, when it's their turn, they will also pass it on. You know, it doesn't surprise me, and, I, and this is something that really annoys me sometimes around, you know, even from the early days of having, you know, when the kids were at junior school, when it, when it came to parents who, who, who supported the events, whether it be, you know, school disco or quizzes or whatever, it would always be the same four or five parents. Same as it's the same four or five parents who end up on, you know, helping out at, at sports day or open days or you know even to the point of governors you know you could you could get on the governing body and those that wouldn't be interested and uh, so uh, you know but hopefully and I, and I don't know how much of that is you know you know it's a taught behavior I don't know but but hopefully if it is a bit of a taught behavior then 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 at least the guys that are uh, are doing well will go on and they will then in turn you know take the next generation forward and likewise you know you know from my kids perspective i hope that at some point they'll give something back to to schools and everything else because they found the value of it from 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 what i did and what they've seen and learned themselves 
I'm it's self-fulfilling, isn't it? It's a bit of oh, a... it absolutely is. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, 100%. And, and I absolutely bet they will do. Met all three of them. I was very lucky to meet all three of them. My goodness, are they talented. They can sing, they can play music. I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Just, uh, just fantastic. They'll, they'll, they'll go on and do great things. Um, and, you know, James, before we run out of time today, I wonder whether we can go through, and this is going to be a challenge, actually. Um, we're going to do a lightning round. and I'm going to give you 30 seconds to answer each of the next questions. Okay. There 30 seconds of question. Yes, 30 seconds. Not a single word was like Apple or anything. I can't shout out random words. Okay. I've got to no, think but, about them and answer them. Actually, before, before the lightning round now on second thoughts is because we did a panel the other day, which, you know, if you're, if you're tuning in and enjoying the podcast, we did a, we did a panel the other day and I was interviewing James and, and a number of other uh, brilliant leaders from the, free, from the food and drink industry. And James had to had to disappear very quickly. I think he was off on a conference call for something or other. And, uh, and one thing that totally struck me, it's nothing to do with inclusion actually, or maybe, maybe it is in, in one way I don't know, is that you can freeze cheese, which is absolutely amazing. Cannot believe that you can freeze cheese. And actually, um, you, you know, for food, food and drink lovers around the country, and especially given uh, COVID-19 at the moment, everything that you're seeing, James, Tell us how, give us some tips on the whole. So, 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 okay, I'll, I'll give you some, is this the 30 second one or this isn't in the 30 well, seconds? Well, you know. I've I just wasted 10. They... <laughs> go, go, go. Right, so, so if you were, so if you want to slow down the ripening of a cheese, like a camembert or brie, freeze it. And then you can get it out, just get it to the right point of maturity. Don't run, and if you're running out of time, don't throw it away, put it in your freezer. That'd be great. And by the way, a, a mold ripening cheese like that will cook a lot better as a frozen defrosted product, so the skin goes crispier, fantastic. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're using uh, hard cheeses, they don't tend to freeze as well. So cheddar, red leicesters, manchegos, if you freeze them, they tend to go a bit crumbly and drier, but that's great if you're using them as an ingredient cheese. So you know, if I had a bit of leftover cheddar, it's going out of date. First of all, I wouldn't personally worry about it if it was going out of date, and I might scrape the mold off it, but it's not gonna kill you. I think that's the important thing. But actually, if you're worried about it, just grate it and freeze it and then use it as, a, as an ingredient. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. So you really shouldn't be throwing cheese away because it's going out of date or, or whatever. But a maturing cheese, definitely freeze it. Fantastic. Baked, camembert, frozen, unbelievable. Wow. And that is, honestly, that blew my mind the other day when I learned it. And the reason why I bring it up for those that are thinking, what on earth has this got to do with inclusion? But actually, the present time, given COVID, given the fact that there is so much more attention, quite rightly so, on food heroes and those who are on the front line, those who are in manufacturing facilities um, and who are producing the nation's food that we are all consuming is actually you know we really do need to think about sustainability and food waste and things like that and you know small things do make a difference and so yeah. you know with fresh products like cheese and i'm a massive cheese fan i just love cheese i um, absolutely love cheese uh it's it's great to know that you don't have to throw it away right that's right don't have to throw it away exactly anyhow lightning round so okay. first of all first of all what does diversity inclusion and belonging mean to you personally uh, me personally, it means feeling involved uh, and, and, you know, no holes barred. Everyone, everyone's in it for the same reason. No one's different. Just because I'm MD doesn't make any difference to the guy who's, who's, who's sweeping the street. Everyone's the same as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Great answer. And I'm going to break my own rule here totally and share. So don't tell me off for this. But James said at the beginning of this podcast, he's like, but I'm a white middle-aged guy working in a cheese factory. What have I got to do in inclusion? Didn't quite say it like that. But my point is absolutely everything, as you've just said, Ben, is to do with inclusion. Every single human being on the planet has got their really wonderful 
idiosyncrasies that they're different pieces that make up mm -hmm. them as an individual and actually having individuals like you James who are involved in, in diverse and inclusive conversations and, and wider teams there's so many things that encompass DNI and it's not just the physical attributes gender race etc you know there's loads of things below the surface be it we've, mental health be it we've know, talked kind of, about that before at the Ritz haven't we absolutely and, I, and yeah. I'm not 100% you know I, and I struggle with it mainly that's probably because I've not experienced it I have genuinely the whole of my life never ever recruited someone on the basis of sex color ethnicity religion whether they've got you know never done it to tick a box always always recruited someone on merit and and equally in the people that I've I've seen or the people we have here all recruited on merit I would never now I know it's not the same in every industry but I really struggle and, I, and I've been quite open with you and think the more that we have to talk about it to me means the more of, of it that, that that's an issue I guess it, to me we shouldn't be talking about it it's, it's to me it should be a non a non-starter for you know as an agenda item because to, it, it shouldn't be and I'm not sure if it's a generational thing you know if I talk to my kids and said you know do you think you're disadvantaged Beth for getting a job because you're a girl they're like no and I asked the boys, you know, do you think that that's at a disadvantage because it's a girl or you're at a disadvantage because you're a boy? They went, no. Now, whether that's their naivety, but they're not naive. You know, they're, they're, they're young adults. They're in their, you know, early 20s. They don't see it. You know. I, I get I get what you're saying, but I would challenge the first piece of what you're saying that I'm totally breaking the 30 second rule completely in the lightning <laughs> round. But I really you know I would say and I, and I get what you're saying, because I know what you're like personally, you know, literally you'll you'll talk to anyone, you'll give anyone an opportunity. You know, same to me, you know, when I was you know many, many years ago in recruitment, you give me an opportunity and I always, always remember that. Um, mm. And that's great about you. But I would challenge the piece about the more you talk about it, the more it becomes an issue. Because actually, I think, you know, diversity, inclusion, belonging encompasses so much more than just gender, race, ethnicity. It is about the feeling of belonging, feeling you're welcome, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling of being able to, I'd say inclusion to a degree is more important than diversity. And so actually, you could have people who come from a similar background, yeah, I agree. but they are very, very different in terms of their personality types. I mean, it really, you know, it, it, it encompasses so much more than just the surface level pieces. You know, it there would is worry me, though, it, it would worry example. me, though, if I was A, in a position where I had to recruit or B, I was involved in a company that were making decisions to recruit take a board of governors for instance or, or, or whatever that I was being you know asked to recruit a specific person based on their color or race or gender or whatever because we needed to to tick a box and fill some government you know I, to me that would be wrong mm -hmm. because actually you know you recruit for me we recruit people and employ people based purely on talent nothing else I cultural fit obviously but but talent number one Agree, but there is also the piece about lack of groupthink. And so whilst it isn't about ticking boxes and quotas and for I just think that the word quotas in and to itself is just an ugly word. If you were to say you were looking at, I don't know, an eclectic mixture of different mindsetted people. Mindsetted is not a word, but if it was um, an eclectic mix of different people with different mindsets, that is going to breed further innovation. Anyhow, I could I could spend ages Sorry, yes, do another good. podcast on this specific <laughs> topic. So I'm going to move on because I know that uh, you know I, I, I don't want to uh, to keep you from from your next meeting. So I know you are very 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 busy indeed. But next question was who's been the biggest inspiration to you throughout your career or or your life? Oh, biggest inspiration! Biggest inspiration! I've got thirty seconds, haven't I? 
20 now. 20 seconds now. Uh, Chris Burton. Who is Chris Burton for those Chris of us Burton who don't know? Chris Burton was my MD when I was at, uh, at McCormick. One of the nicest people ever, brilliant leader, fantastic coach, makes me, even now, and I, and I, sp I, see, I still speak to Chris, he's my go-to when, when I'm not sure of something, which, by the way, sometimes, you know, let's be honest, you know, just because you're MD doesn't mean you know everything, and so sometimes when I want that sounding board, I might, I might ring a couple of people just to make sure I'm doing the right stuff. Chris will be one of those guys. He's such a nice guy, both on a professional level and a personal level. You know, I aspire to be like Chris. Oh, romance. I love it. <laughs> I hope he doesn't see this. <laughs> I'm sure he will somehow. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and I also, are, are there any, I, I know that you've mentioned uh, Stephen Covey's book multiple times, which we will put into the show notes, okay. the, uh, the seven habits of, of highly effective people. But are there any other pieces of literature or podcasts other than this one, of course, that you would recommend or you think there's a book on diversity by a girl with Layla somebody yeah that was all right now I don't I tend to read do you know what I I, I like reading I like reading non-fiction history particularly only because it helps me as I said before you know learn something new every day again one of Stephen Covey's habits is sharpening the saw learning stuff so I read a lot of history. I'm learning Spanish at the moment quietly, half an hour every day during lockdown. Not that I'm locked down, I've been in work every day, but I just thought, well, everyone else has started watching Joe Wicks and I'm not gonna do any of that. So uh, uh, I know I'll learn Spanish because you know I love Spain, I love Spanish food and go on holiday there. I thought that'd be quite interesting. So Spanish and history, not many business books to be honest. There's loads I've read, but none that, that inspire me as much as, as, as Max Hastings books or I love Andrew Marr's books. Uh, History of the World, brilliant. Obviously, I've read uh, lots of Bill Bryson and Stephen Hawking and blah, blah, blah. Just great. I love science, love space, love history. Boring, aren't I? <laughs> no, it's not boring. Actually, I was looking on my bookshelf then because I remember you told me to get a book ages ago and I've not read it in ages. And I remember you said, this must have been like, I don't know, like seven years ago or something. You said, there's only one book that you'll need to read. It. It's The One Minute Manager. Do you remember? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th I thought you might have said, who ate my cheese? <laughs> well, no, but they're not. I you know, they're <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was the worst joke ever. I've completely lost all of my credibility. Not that I have any to start with. I'm joking. Um, the final question, or, or, on a serious note, actually, um, I wonder if you could go back in time, you could give the young James any advice and I know that you were maybe a little bit rebellious in your youth didn't know what you wanted to do but if you could give advice to your younger self or for someone else who who maybe at that age was was considering what they're going to do next what might you say um so I'll probably go back to the four things that I say to kids when when I'm doing this uh, the working options stuff so the first one is 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 again it makes reference to Stephen Covey start with the end of mind try and have a plan and again, you don't know what you don't know. So you think, well, hang on a minute. What is, where do I want to be? It's very difficult when you're 18. If someone says, where do you want to be in, you know, 30 years time or, or 20 years time? If you just said to me when I was 18, you know, in 30 years time, you're going to be MD of a cheese company. I'd have gone, great, fantastic. Or, you know, chair of governors or whatever. You, you know, you think, great, but you don't understand what that journey looks like. So I think it's, it's start with the end of mind, but you might need to go and speak to a few people. So don't be scared to ask questions. And don't be scared to, to approach people, talk about building your network and, and, 
and, and trying to learn something new every day by following these people who are, are really good at stuff. And it's very easy to sit there and, and go, well, they're, they're like this and they're not like that and I don't like that about them. But actually find the good in people. So everybody does something really well. I'm probably better than you. So I think that's an important, an important lesson. There's another one about being memorable for the right reasons, which is about interviewing for, for me. And, and, you know, if I say to any kid now, they don't realize how close they are. If they're at an interview, how close they are to getting that job. Uh, and therefore, well, make sure that you, you don't forget the simple little things like a smile or a, your shoes are clean or and that you're positive. You're very close to getting that job. Um, and actually, I know that you don't know how to do the job, but that's the bit I'm going to train you in. But what I want is someone who's got the right attitude, has got a really great personality and an open mind to want to learn something new every day, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's all part of this, uh, this bigger cycle. And the last bit is it's okay to make mistakes. In fact, we are where we are. And I know it sounds daft, but it's okay. I positively encourage, rather than tell people how to do stuff, ask them to go away and have a crack at it or think about, think about uh, you know, think about what a solution might look like and, 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 and have a go. If they get it wrong, they get it wrong. But they know not, not to do it the same way the next time. And I think that's, uh, I think you're petrified when you first start working, uh, especially if you come from a sporting background or whatever, where it's all about winning. You're petrified to get stuff wrong. And actually, I think half the time that holds a lot of young people back, especially this generation, they're, 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 they need the praise. They need, they need encouragement. But you've got to let them get it wrong. Uh, so, so to me, I would be, I'd be focusing on those, those four bits. Someone could have told me, so I figured it out when I was about 30, to be fair. But yeah, if I figured it out when I was 18, who knows later? <laughs> who knows what could have happened? Who knows? <laughs> James, thanks ever so much. Honestly, it's just been... Pleasure. You know, I always love chatting with you. you. You know that. And actually, it's been a really, it's been a really inspiring podcast without making you Very blush much. again. And, oh, dear. You know, yeah. uh, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing me off now. Um, Sorry. By, by way of, of a summary, which I always do at the end, you know, I'll keep this brief, I promise. But actually, you know, I think there's been some really inspiring things there uh, from James. And I hope that everyone has, has really enjoyed the podcast and also sees why food and drink. Is, is a really great career to, oh, to take. You know, amazing. absolutely fantastic. You know, the, the great thing about now, if there was a silver lining of the cloud, is actually food heroes are being recognized for what they are. Uh, food heroes and people who are ultimately feeding the nation and, and doing a great job at it. And, uh, you know, I think, James, you know, great testament to, to ultimately working hard, but also being, you know, very kind of straightforward and, and, and straight down the line. Uh, you know, what I love is, is, and I hope more leaders can do this, is genuinely kind of being open enough and making people feel comfortable enough that they can be themselves. You know, even maybe feel, you know, probably even more comfortable than I ever am on podcasts and kind of, you know, really being yourself through to, um, you know, doing the same for, for others in, in the business on a day-to-day day, day -day basis. I think when you give people an opportunity, you know, as James said quite rightly, it is um, not that that is why you should do it, but it absolutely is true, it is karma. It's the ecosystem of giving back. You know, you want to inspire and educate and motivate future generations ultimately to, to do a good job and to, to continue on making sure that, uh, that we can do the absolute best that we can, you know, because really kindness and humanity is, uh, you know, some of the simplest things, but never have they been more important than they have right now. So thank you very much again.